الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا استعينوا بالصبر والصلاه ان الله مع الصابرين قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم انظروا الى من هو اسفل منكم ولا تنظروا الى من هو فوقكم وهو اجدر لا تزدروا نعمة الله عليكم أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given us the virtue of some very, very valuable words and kalimat. See, Sharif Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that the person who recites La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la lahul mulk wa lahul hamd. In different narrations, there are some additional wordings as well. Wahuwa hayyun la yuhyi wa yumeet. Wahuwa hayyun la yamut biyadihi al-khayr. Wahuwa ala kulli shayin qadir. So very simple zikr. And the person who recites this in the morning, in one hadith Sharif, there is no specific of any number also. In one hadith there is mention of 10 times. Another hadith mention of 100 times also. In any case one hadith has no specification of any number. So even once. The reward of this is that a person will get the reward of freeing one slave from the progeny of Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam. And this will become a means of the forgiveness of his son. Will raise his stages in the akhirat. And will become a protection from shaitan for that day. A very very great bounty and a very great benefit. And then the person who recites the same in the evening, and he gets the same benefit for the night, the shaitan, he'll be protected from the evil and mischief of shaitan. Now this is the virtue that is mentioned of this recitation. But the lesson that we need to take from this is, this has been emphasized upon us by means of this virtue, to be recited first thing in the morning. person has barely started the day, it's the first thing in the morning, and he's reciting, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la lahul mulk wa lahul hamd. La ilaha illallah. He's none, no deity, none worthy of worship but Allah Ta'ala. And he has no partner whatsoever. And lahul mulk wa lahul hamd. All kingdom belongs to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala alone. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala alone. Yuhi wa yumeet. Allah is the one who gives life. Allah alone is the one who gives death also. And wahuwa hayyun la yamut. Allah is all living, ever living. Death never comes to Allah Ta'ala. Every good biyadihi al-khayr, every good is solely and only in the control of Allah Tabarakullah. Allah has power over everything. On the one side is the virtue to attain and such a simple recitation. These words are all, if we didn't know the complete formula of this salima, then we are still familiar with the words in itself. Very easy to learn it and without any real effort to gain so much. But at the same time, every day, Day in, day out, every morning, every evening. According to some riwayat, the person who recites it immediately after the Fajr Salah, after the Maghrib Salah. Every morning, every evening, a person is reciting these kalima, this, this, this kalima. What is he reaffirming within himself? What is he embedding deep down in his heart? The oneness of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, that Allah alone is in control. And everything happens purely with the will of Allah Ta'ala. Insan has no ability to do anything. He has no control over anything. Anything, whatever happens is purely by the will of Allah. And Allah has control and power over everything. And this is that message that every day and night we are meant to embed deep down in our hearts. So one is to mashallah attain this virtue of it. But at the same time is this very deep message. And when a person has embedded this deep down in his heart, especially in any matter of life for that matter, day to night and night to day, any matter of life, but especially in the changing world that we are living in and the ongoing challenges that 
come from time to time. More than ever, this is the need that a person has this deep down in his heart, that this is, has permeated every fiber of his body, that he thinks in the light of the message of this kalima, his emotions are controlled by what the message of this kalima is. Then, being insan, insan is insan, a human being is a human being, he has emotions, he has feelings, if something is a cause of happiness, he'll feel happy, and if there's something that is a source of grief, of sadness, of pain, he'll feel pain. He's insan, he's a human being, he's not made of steel and stone. But despite the emotions, despite the human nature that he has in him, that if something is a matter of grief, he feels grief. If there's some pain, he feels pain. But with all that deep down in his heart, and this has controlled his heart and mind, he never loses his composure in any situation. He remains composed, and he also then knows what to do. Now the question about what to do, now the question might be answered in many, many ways, what to do, depending on what the nature of the problem might be. Accordingly, a person might think now what's to be done. But all that is the next step in what we might think about in terms of what means to be adopted. If this is deep down in the heart and mind, and a person always knows what to do, the step one is always the same. And step one is that when Allah alone is the controller, Allah alone is the supreme controller of this entire universe, everything happens by His will alone. So the only first step is to turn to Allah alone and to beg Allah Ta'ala's help in every situation, seek Allah Ta'ala's assistance and to draw down His mercy by doing the right things. So when a person has this in his heart and mind, when he has embedded this tawheed and this oneness of Allah Ta'ala and reaffirmed his iman, then he will remain composed despite the pain, despite the grief, despite the discomfort, but he will remain as Allah Ta'ala wants him to remain. And dunya is a place of ahwal, halat. Hala yaqulu hawlan. The Arabic word itself shows change. Hal means condition, and conditions mean something that's going to change. It's never going to remain constant. This dunya is not a place of constancy. The only constant in this dunya is change, they say. The things keep changing. But Allah Ta'ala has given us, by virtue of our iman, the prescription by which we can maintain our composure and take things in our stride and do what has to be done in a way that we still draw down Allah Ta'ala's mercy and rahmat and get past whatever the situations are. So what is the prescription? What we have to do? Many things... But just some of the aspects, which are things that we have heard over and over again, but the question is, how much have we applied it? Because merely knowing something, merely speaking about it, or hearing to, about it, that's not going to be sufficient. It's applic- applying it. The application outcomes. So at the top of the list, Allah Ta'ala Himself has declared in the Quran Sharif, or given us the prescription in the Quran Sharif, Ya ayyuhalladheena amunustainu bis sabri was salah. Oh, you believe, seek Allah's help with sabr, Salah, patience. Patience simply is no complaint against the decree of Allah Ta'ala. Wholeheartedly submitting to Allah's will and doing what is necessary, what can be done to try and alleviate the problem. But the heart has no complaint against Allah Ta'ala. And the heart resigns itself to Allah's will. And what is the re- reward of this? Inna Allah sabirin. Something beyond imagination. Allah is with the patient. Those who resign themselves to the will of Allah Ta'ala, they will take whatever steps they can take, whatever means they can adopt to do the to whatever they can to try and alleviate difficulties and hardships, but they resign themselves to the will of Allah. And they have no complaint, no reservation in their heart, no question in their mind about the decree of Allah. These are the patient ones, and these are the ones upon whom Allah Ta'ala shows down His 
blessings and his rahmat and they are the successful ones. So the first thing is sabr. And this is the most comprehensive gift that Allah Ta'ala gives anybody. So sabr. And with sabr is salah. Now one is the five daily salah. There is no question about compromising this. That goes without saying. But in any situation, any kind of challenge, the nawafil should increase. Salatul haja and turning to Allah wa Ta'ala. When we have reaffirmed every morning, every evening, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la. Lahul mulk wa lahul hamd. When we are reaffirming everything is in Allah's control, and then we don't turn to Allah wa Ta'ala, we don't increase our tawajjuh to Allah Ta'ala, now we expect that the rahmat of Allah is going to come to us. So challenges are meant to take us closer to Allah Ta'ala. We don't ask for challenges, we always ask for afiyat. We ask for safety from every difficulty and hardship. We ask for Allah Ta'ala's protection. But if something has come, then that is meant to take us closer to Allah Ta'ala. And if in despite such a condition, such challenges, if even let alone the nawafi getting increased, if the first salah is getting missed also, then this is a disaster upon a disaster. It's far worse than the disaster that might have befallen in terms of whatever circumstances we are facing. That a person missed his first salah. As mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, that the person who misses one salah in its time, not that he didn't make the qaza later, but without a valid reason, meaning something didn't beyond his control is a different matter. But without any valid reason, he missed one for salah. It is like he has lost all his family and all his possessions in one go. That disaster is far greater than any other worldly calamity. So sabr and salah. Then the other two aspects, other aspect, the third aspect, is while we have to adopt sabr, but together with sabr, we have to adopt a lot of shukr at the same time. Person sometimes might be thinking that shukr in the midst of a calamity, where does a shukr fit in? That calamity is certainly a calamity. But what about the countless bounties of Allah Ta'ala that we are still enjoying at every moment? Have we made shukr for that? If we had been deprived of those bounties as well, then what? In the current situation, person might be very, very uh, experiencing great difficulty. And everybody is in the same situation right now. That there isn't running water, for example. That is a challenge, definitely. Very great challenge. So now, one is to complain about the lack of running water. It is a situation. But have we made sugar that we do have water after all? Allah Ta'ala reward all those who have been engaged in making this available, taking the, making the great efforts and sacrifices to provide this basic need and make it easy for people to access the water. The efforts Allah Ta'ala has made it possible. That's... Allah Ta'ala is doing Allah's grace, Allah's mercy, Allah Ta'ala blessed people with that tawfiq to do what they have done. Allah Ta'ala reward them with tremendous barakat in their lives, health, wealth. But the point is, have we made shukar that there is water still? If there wasn't a drop of water and we were left only with nothing in fact, then what would have been the condition? So while we have complained about the lack of running water, have we made shukar for water itself? What a great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. Now that is just one aspect. If we think about the countless things despite the challenges, the countless aspects that we are still enjoying, the bounties and na'mats of Allah Ta'ala. And this is the antidote to all the negative feelings. The antidote to depression is shukar. This is the antibiotic to this ailment of depression. There are medical issues as well. Whatever has to be done medically will be done. But the great, if shukar really permeates a person's heart and he really turns to Allah Ta'ala positively, then it's very difficult for a person to be uh, down, feeling down all the time and being burdened by all the negative feelings because his heart will be brimming with happiness out of shukar. And if you have to think about what, what Allah has blessed us with, so the aspect of shukar. Then despite whatever the challenges are, aspect that we have taught, been taught in the ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, something that draws down the mercy of Allah Ta'ala takes away difficulties is sadaqah. And even in the case of ailment, we have been taught in the Hadith Sharif 
that treat your the ill with sadaqa. This is the first line of action. Turning to Allah Taala in dua, in salah, sadaqa, and then whatever steps need to be taken, treatment, etc. Likewise, in any other situation, some situation has come about together with salah, with sabr, with shukr, sadaqa. And as much as we can, sadaqa has never decreased a person's wealth. And especially sadaqa to sir, that secret sadaqa between a person and Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. This, it removes calamities. Sadaqa prevents from a bad death. Especially in challenges, the time to increase sadaqa. And the month of Ramadan, this is a month where in any case we should be becoming more generous. And when facing challenges, that itself should be a cha- opportunity to now increase our sadaqah. Every person will do something according to his capacity, but we should be increasing our sadaqah as well. And then extremely important, extremely important in all conditions, any time of, the, of our life, but especially when we are faced with challenges, that we have to turn to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala in sincere tawbah and istighfar. Now we need to reflect. We are faced with a situation for so long and there has been so much of discomfort, there has been so much of challenges, there have been losses, there have been damages. <coughs> we have seen with our eyes things we have never seen before in our life. People of elderly ages haven't witnessed such a thing in their lives. All this is, we have heard about this far away from us, happening here, there and everywhere. And for the first time in our lives, we've come face to face with it. But in the midst of all this, how much of Tawbah have we made? In the midst of all this, how much of Istighfar have we made? Now this is meant to bring us closer to Allah Ta'ala. As mentioned, we don't ask, don't ever ask for challenges. We ask for afiyat. Sallallahu alayhi wa Rasulullah has given us the encouragement and the directive. Always ask Allah Ta'ala for afiyat, for safety, for protection. But when something has happened, it's now beyond us. It's already happened. We are in the situation. Now, has that situation taken us closer to Allah Ta'ala? Has it made us make tawbah? Has it made us stop the haram? Allah forbid in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of such major challenges, if a person hasn't stopped looking at haram, hasn't stopped looking at the filth, hasn't stopped making ghibat, hasn't made that firm determine all the evils and vices, to forever stop going to the places of sin and the dens of vice, then what have we learned? And what have we taken out of this? Then Allah forbid, Allah forbid, Allah forbid. Are we asking for more problems and difficulties? This is a very bitter thing to say, very bitter thing to hear. But this is the bitter reality. That this is meant for us to take heed. It's meant for us to come back to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Meant for us to take the step towards tawbah and istighfar. To sincerely repent. Allah forbid there are things which have become the norm. Complete violation of the commands of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala intermingling, music, and various other vices, the, especially there's some function, there's, and these things have become like the norm, nothing. People are sometimes without any care, indulging in taking interests, in giving interest, in gambling, in so many other vices. Zina, unfortunately, has become such a scourge in society. Zina of the eyes, zina of the ears. If we haven't taken heed, when are we going to take heed? As mentioned, we have seen things we have never seen in our life. Made our eyes see it. Allah Ta'ala protect one and all. Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat. Whatever losses and damages have been suffered, Allah Ta'ala replace them with far better. But at the same time, we must never lose sight that this is meant to bring us closer to Allah. It is a time to reflect, a time to search deeply within ourselves. How much have I contributed to the difficulties of the ummah? My actions. Because my actions, everything contributes to that. And when something reaches a peak, when the tank gets full, then it overflows. How much have I filled the tank of musibat? With what words I have said? What kind of vulgar languages I have used? 
what kind of ghibat I have made, what kind of haram I have looked at, what kind of taklif and difficulty I have given others, what kind of usurpation of wealth has happened, and all the various vices, how much have I contributed to the hardship of the ummah? I need to make istighfar, I need to sincerely turn to Allah Ta'ala, I need to make tawbah, and all of us need to make tawbah and istighfar, this is going to be the way of bringing down the mercy of Allah Ta'ala and alleviating the problems and difficulties. Allah Ta'ala give me the tawfiq as well. And all of us, this is the Mubarak month of Ramadan. So much of time has already passed. We have this last 10 days now at our doorstep. Let us now really dedicate ourselves to the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, to turning to Allah Ta'ala in earnestness as our families, the entire ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And most of all, bringing the taqwa in our lives for which this Ramadan is all about. Ramadan Allah Ta'ala blessed us for acquiring taqwa. Taqwa is the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, connecting ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. Let us use every moment of this last bit of Ramadan in a very constructive manner and attain this great wealth of taqwa. Allah Ta'ala bless us all.